All right. Good morning. I'm downtown Logan Brown. I'm Braden. And this is the Pickleball Effect podcast. Here we are again, another week, another episode. Today, we have a few hot topics we're going to start our discussion with, uh, then some Pabble Babble, and then some Average Joe's Talking Pros. All right, dude. Let's get into it. All right, so hot topics of the week. Where, where do you want to start? This is uh, there's some fun stuff that happened, you know, just since we last recorded. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of fun stuff. Uh, but Logan, I, I need some life advice before we jump into these hot topics. Oh, please. Yeah. This is a this is a, is a potential opportunity I could do to en- enhance my quality of life. So I currently work a nine to five job and do the pickleball effect stuff on the side just for fun. I uh, really enjoy doing it, but it. I can't help but think that if I were to dedicate more time to pickleball effects, that I could really blow it up and turn it into a potential way to support my family and, and do something that you know I love doing. So I do the nine to five thing. It's okay. Like I don't mind it. But I've never <laughs> I've never been into it. I've never really liked working for the man. I I've always wanted to own my own time. My dad's been an entrepreneur his whole life. Yeah. And I, I've always liked that that idea, that life cycle or that uh, that lifestyle. And uh so here I got a family, right? I got three kids. I got a, or two kids, one on the way, wife, house, yeah. mortgage. I got, I got bills to pay, right? But uh, when, if I were to drop my current gig and go full-time pickleball effect, one of the things uh, you really have to start paying for is like just insurance. Like health insurance is super expensive. Oh, yeah. So there's this indoor pickleball place coming, uh, coming indoor close to where I live. It's going to be 18 courts. They're calling it the Flying Pickle. And <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm, I'm really excited about it. And uh, so I, I know the owners and they posted some jobs uh, on Facebook for, for a front desk job. So I was talking to, to the owner. I was like, can I, you know, what if I did this? What, what if I go do this front, front desk job? And he's like, if you work 30 hours a week, we do offer health insurance. And I was like, okay, yeah. that's, that sounds interesting. It's a front desk job. I'll probably have a lot of downtime. I could write and make content during most of the day while I'm just sitting there at the front desk. So obviously I wouldn't get paid as much. It'd be like, you know, 14 bucks an hour or something. Okay. But, uh, but it could potentially improve, improve my quality of life. I might enjoy my days a little more. I could spend more time on pickleball and I would just be hanging out at an indoor place most of the day for 30 hours a week. Do I, do I do it? Well, I like it. I like following your passion for sure. So you're defining in, uh, improvement of quality of life is doing something you're more passionate about or yeah, I just, I just want to enjoy my days more rather than just pushing through until I can get off work, hang out with the fam and do, you know, do normal life stuff. All right. So here's my question. Um, maybe, you know, this answer, someone like you, who is a very talented pickleball player, I'd be curious to know, let's say you were 30 hours a week as the head pro of flying oh, no, 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 no. you don't want to I'm do not, that i'm not even close to that level plus they they have like so Susanna barr lives here she's going to be the head pro they've, they've got how much time can she up. really give to that place when she's on tour they, they they got that stuff figured out and i don't think i'm good enough to fit in there anyways really you don't think that you could sit there and give lessons and do clinics and if you filmed all of it i could and do cut it up into content I like can, you're I, I could do like lower level clinics to like intermediate, but nothing, nothing advanced. I don't know that I could 
potentially do something else that's not front desk. But I like the idea of the front desk just because you can, I can edit write and whatever. I can write. Yeah, I can right. edit. I can just do spend way more time uh, doing pickleball effects stuff, which could potentially bring more revenue uh, that way. Can you can you tell me like what what could you feasibly shoot for? Do you think like can you make a hundred grand a year? I think I could, but I, I do I do split some of the portion I make with with my brother. He helps me with. Uh, some operational stuff and he writes some content for me. So we do split it there. Um, but no, I, I, it's actually, it's decent. Like the amount of, of like revenue I come in before taxes, it's, uh, it's not bad. Like I, I probably could quit and live right now, but I, I could probably still pay my mortgage. It's just, it's very volatile. Like some months are good. Some months are low. It's just not consistent. Right. And so it's just kind of scary that way. Plus there's probably a lot of fees or just expenses that I just don't realize, you know, like health insurance, dental insurance. I don't know, there's just a lot of stuff that you get through a normal job that you just don't think about. But if you're getting a lot more time back with the family, like that's the one thing that I would consider is if, if I, tr and I know you're going to work more than 30 hours a week because you're going to spend all this time filming and editing. But if you can gain time back with the family, especially with a third kid on the way, that's huge. It'd be fun if I could do it sometime next year. I don't know. Something I'm thinking about. But moving on to hot topics. So Cincy, was yeah. this weekend we had we had another streaker come through this this is the <laughs> same tournament where a streaker came through last year uh so it's turning into this like tradition do you think ppa set it up i think ppa is signing this guy um <laughs> i think he's officially signed just just like the hype guys there's a reason the hype guys weren't invited to this tournament i think that's because they, they couldn't outshine the streaker they couldn't outshine the streaker i mean Unless you're willing to get into a banana hammock and run across the court, hype guys, I'm sorry. Like you're just uh, you're not going to not going to make the cut. And then another big storyline that's been a hot topic all over the pickleball forums is the beef between Lung and Tyson McGuffin. So this was on Thursday. Tyson beats Lung in singles. Uh, it was like the quarterfinals or something. So the match is over. Tyson's walking across Lung's bench. I don't think Tyson realizes the cameras on him. Nope. He he starts talking to Loong, flips him the bird. It's all on camera, and then tight, and then Loong, you know, kind of puts on this show afterwards where he's like clapping for Tyson as he walks away, and he's like bowing to him. Re really, it was kind of weird. And then it, it comes out later that Tyson was, you know, supposedly telling Tyler what he thought about him talking about his wife on his podcast. Uh, I don't, I don't know quite know the details exactly what was said, but it was something about that. Mm. Um, but what, what did you think of that situation? Like, how is that handled by the, how is it handled? You know, how did you think they handled it? Is, should the PPA find MacGuffin for <laughs> flipping the bird on, on camera? What, what was your thoughts on that? Well, I saw it unfold live. I think I might've been the first account to put on Instagram. not going to lie because oh, the timing lined up. I had like, I follow I Sunday Dinking club. That's right. Yeah. 300 followers. It's sick. So I, um, I have a desk up here that I'm sitting at and I have a TV across the room. And so when, um, when the PPA is on during the week, I'll just throw it on mute and I'll just have it over there. And so this was around lunchtime. I had sat down, like I had like a bowl of ramen, right. And I'm looking at, I'm looking over and all of a sudden I see Tyson, like flicking Tyler off. So I hit the rewind button. I'm like, what is going on here? And I turned the volume on. So the announcers are just like talking and the camera pans over to him. And he just, all of a sudden, Tyler sits down and Tyler and Tyson looks over at him, flicks him off, 
you know, calls him a name and then you can't make out the rest of the stuff. But, um, Dave Fleming catches on really fast. He was like, Oh, well, uh, uh, I guess Tyson's got some choice words for, for Tyler here. And, um, I, I thought the, the first thing that came to mind as soon as he did it were, were two things, but right in the post game interview, Adam stone says, Hey, we saw some off camera banter. So even then, I don't think Tyson knew he was on camera. And he said, oh, it's just boys being boys. He uh, he mentioned my name on his podcast. I didn't really like what he had to say. And he's like, but that's that. And Tyson, I don't think at that point knew that the whole no, thing. And th- like this, as far as virality goes for pickleball stuff, this went viral. Like this was all over the place. Every pickleball account picked it up. There's tons of discussions about it. People arguing you know, for Tyson, some arguing for Lung. Do you, do you have a side that you think was right or wrong? Well, here I have two things to mention about this. Um, when I first heard it, I thought that maybe he was upset with, with Tyler about the PPA decision. Um, I, and I was, that's probably me going deep, but I was thinking, flicking him off or staying with the PPA. No, I, you had texted me about a rumor that some PPA people were going to bit, bail on MLP. And that was the same day you would tell okay, maybe the day okay. after you texted me that. So I was thinking, what if Tyler had kind of generate, like, what if he had decided right there and, and Tyson had found out that he was just going to bail on MLP and maybe he was pissed off that like that, the Tyler was going to do that to his team and MLP and stuff. But then he said in the post game interviews they, about the, were they on the same team. They're not on the same team. Were they? No, I just thought like, you know, just on, Tyson's just been Tyler's in the game for almost a decade. And so is, so is Tyler. They've, they know each other, I'm sure. Right. And, but yeah, so it ends up, I think it's mostly about the podcast and here's what I'll say about it. The way that Tyson went about this was really bad. He Agreed. should have saved this for off the court at, at least because Coop Nation on Twitter basically overlaid audio from Tyson's podcast where he's proclaiming he is the play. He's the people's guy. He is always respectful. I mean, it couldn't have played out worse for him as far as like optics. Um, but I will say that King of the court podcast gets a lot of views. And I think it's because people really want to know what the heck's going to come out of Jimmy's mouth. Sure. And I would love for Tyler to be a little more, assertive for sticking up for some people. And I think what he's upset about is that Jim, it's not what, it's not really what Tyler said. It's what Jimmy said. What Jimmy said. And Jimmy was given Tyson a hard time because apparently, and you know how it goes, like Jimmy is giving, he's like total third party news type of guy, but he's, he's saying that he, as another PPA player saw Tyson going through the airport and his wife was dragging all the bags while Tyson was just walking in front of her. And I have no idea what the context is. He could have been chasing his kids down the way or something. Um, but Tyler didn't stand up for him either. So that's what I think he's upset about is that, hey, dude, you've known me for a decade and you know my character or whatever. I, I, that's what I'd be mad about is if my buddy didn't stick up for me when this other guy who's kind of a loud mouth is yeah. saying bad things about yeah, you. Maybe they're not buddies. I don't know. Maybe they're not. Yeah. But yeah, that... I, I think both players lose in that situation. I, I, I don't I don't agree with the way Tyson went about it. Like, yes, if 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 you know he feels wrong, talk to him. I like conflict is healthy, like there's nothing wrong with that. But I uh, didn't like the way he, he did it. Obviously I'm sure he didn't mean to be caught on camera, but it was not a good look for him. Yeah. Um probably should be probably should be fined. Like 
if if stuff like that happens on any other for any other sport and it's caught on camera, like they're probably going to get fined. And then yep. uh, Lung, I his reaction was so strange to me. I thought it was a bad look for him. He didn't receive the. I mean, obviously Tyson was coming at him hot, so like it's it's hard to stay keep cool headed. But like his reaction was, I thought unwarranted. Both of them looked bad, and. Un- un- unfortunate for them because I think they uh, definitely lost some points uh, in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah, I hate to see it. I hate to see it. Uh, but anyway, we'll get past it, and uh, hopefully, other players learn. I mean, it's just we've we've seen some funny stuff like this too, like Anna Lee and was it Vivian David or something not long ago where she was chirping at her about her placements of her shots, and oh, I didn't hear about that one. I, 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 hate, I hate to spread rumors. It I wasn't guess. Vivian. It might have not been Vivian David, but there was there was this time where there was rumors that uh, Anna Lee was was cursing at another player, calling her names because she was saying things on the court she didn't like. So I don't know. So the uh, all a little the, immature right now. No. The uh, so the next next topic to, to round out our, our hot topics is a tweet that you you brought up. You uh, you brought to me. This is a tweet from a burner account talking about some like insider information about some MLP PPA stuff. Tell us uh, what the, what that tweet was and the conversation that followed. Yeah. I mean, well, first we'll, we'll define burner account for the uh, folks listening. who don't know what that means, but uh, essentially we have a suspected uh, account on Twitter that we think is coming from a credible source, but the name of the account is so unknown or like you would, have, you would never know who's behind it. I think it's yeah, like, it was like PB four, four, six, 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 or something. Yeah. I don't know, something crazy. So uh, Jeremy, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago from No Man's Land, NML Pickleball, he retweeted this, which I saw. And to set the background, he he had claimed that he does not know who runs this account. Other tweets from this account turned out to be true uh, in the past. And so this one, we have no idea if it's true. This isn't necessarily a new burner account. Like this has been around for a bit. Yeah, he created a while ago. It's been around for a little bit. Yeah. And he said that other tweets that have been tweeted by this account turned out to be to it truthful so they they had kind of tweeted out that multiple players are talking about not showing up to mlp um and that with the atlanta trip coming up in just a couple of weeks that event and then there's a potential deal between mlp and ppa that that's happening right now that should come to fruition soon is what they're saying but uh, I've seen two accounts now mention this this merger. A merger was named, and then also like a deal. So I don't know, I don't know what's what. Yeah, it's some interesting information. It's hard to comment on. We don't really know what the source is, but uh, there could be some credibility behind it. Something to keep your eye on. Yeah, I really think by the time we talk next week, because if people aren't going to, if people aren't coming to MLP and they need to do some drastic moves to make sure that tournament turns out. Yeah, if people don't show up, right? Like, and I know there's been rumors of like a redraft. You know, the the plausibility of that happening seems like just hard to pull off, kind of operationally. Like, I imagine they'll just call people up. You know, say, you know, five, six people don't show up. You know, you just you just bring in, you know, people from Challenger. Or there's there's other people that'll fill in. Yeah, the tough part is if it's your star. Yeah, uh, some, I don't think Ben John's going to Some teams are going to get toast toasted. Like, it's just just bad luck for them. Yeah, and I think those owners have to like also be not accountable for the players, but I'm hoping that they're in contact with them saying, "Listen, like let's make like, this happen." Like play, yeah. 
Yeah. Because this this is a big season, right? Like this depends or performance here will determine where your team lands, whether it's Premier or Challenger next season. And so there's a lot of weight on these games. Yeah. And so if you're an owner and your star player decides not to show up, you potentially lost a lot of money because your team gets knocked down to Challenger. You're not going to... Not, not, not much air time. And you're not, not much yeah. air time. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of losses there. So them not showing up affects a lot of different things than than just their themselves like this as we're talking about it like you know this decision has a lot of weight on on more than just them so them not showing up uh is is pretty selfish it is especially since we didn't see some mass exodus this weekend from mlp players at ppa like i would hope there's some sort of mutual respect right now with the players just like do what you're contracted to do for this year. Right. And, and, and with, with the two tours still battling, I would think as a player showing up to MLP, like I want to kind of keep, you know, the, 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 the communication lines open there. And if PPA falls through the floor or something, you know, or vice versa. And so it's, uh, you're kind of putting all your eggs in one basket that way. If you don't show up, so definitely some potential risks. I, I don't know if the PPA is incentivizing the people not to go. I, you know, it's tough to say, but uh, definitely a lot of of ripple effects that could happen as a result of someone not showing up. Agreed. We'll see what happens. I think by the time we're talking next week, we'll have some answers. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next section, we're gonna do paddle babble. So this uh, this is gonna be a little shorter than normal. Uh, just a couple of things, a couple of bullets here. We're gonna walk through. Uh, so rather, uh, the first one is just talking about, uh, paddle customization and mm. just kind of fine tuning your paddle to, to fit you. So I, I published a video a couple of days ago about a test I did, uh, look, my, my goal of this test was to find the lead tape placement on a paddle that gives you the most bang for your butt. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But my, my goal, my goal for this was get the the highest impact on twist weight while having the lowest impact on swing weight and, and the, just the overall static weight of the paddle. So I'd right, say it again. Can you slow down for a minute? Um, yes. So you're trying to increase the twist weight, which is like the stability and forgiveness of the paddle as much as possible. Stability while, and forgiveness. Got it. And use like the least amount of lead tape to achieve it. So you want to keep the swing weight and the static weight down while improving the, the stability and forgiveness. So essentially you want to make the paddle easier to play with, without it getting too heavy on us. Okay. And so I, I messed with, you know, based on some, you know, experiments I've done in the past with lead tape, like I had an idea of where the spot might be. So I, it was just like under three hours. I was just at my table messing with a ton of different locations and was measuring the swing weight and the twist weight kind of in tandem with these different lead placements. And I did it on two different paddles just to kind of see how they compared, make sure that if I did find that sweet spot, that it was the same for both paddles. And, and it was, so I, I, I found the sweet spot. It was very similar for both paddles. So I think this is kind of a universal lead tape placement that, uh, is different than what a lot of people, you know, conventionally thought was the best place to put lead tape. So the most common place I see people put lead is on the throat of the paddle. So yeah. if, like, if I pull this out, like it's right here, right. They'll put like four to five inches right here on the throat. Yep. And yes, that makes the paddle more stable and that will improve the swing weight. But I found that by putting the lead tape 
just above the corner, starting at the this flat spot of the paddle and going up, you can use less tape total, so less weight, and achieve the same or similar twist weight measurements and swing weight measurements. So basically, you're adding less tape and getting the same you know the same performance back than you uh, were adding more tape at the bottom, mm. which is really interesting because like this is very different than what a lot of people are seeing but it's uh it's i thought it was it was kind of a game changer like you can add potentially two grams less and have the same performance which means you can put more weight in these spots and have an even higher twist weight with the same amount of weight as you were using before while still maintaining the exact same uh you know like swing weight increases and so a lot of benefits i think to to putting uh the lead tape in this spot if if this doesn't make me famous, like I don't know what will. Right. <laughs> right. Like this is this is a potentially a pretty big deal. Like Genius. If, if you if you deal with, you know, like if your wrist hurts when you're playing and you have lead on there, like this is a potential alternative to relieve, you know, some weight and some wrist pain, but still maintaining that that strong stability. And so I think there's a lot of benefits to this this placement. Uh, I got a ton of comments. People will be trying it out here soon and it'll be it will be hearing what people think. But that's uh I think that's going to be the most efficient place to put to put lead tape. I want to try it. Can you put your uh, can you put your link to that half inch lead tape in the description too? Yeah. So what it, what I used was just a roll of one gram per inch lead tape. If you just like search on Amazon, okay. Uh, you know, one I just have the quarter inch, inch tape, and I feel like it's up. not very much. Yeah, it, you have to add you know, you know at least four to like you know six eight grams to really make. Uh, a noticeable you know an impactful difference on the paddle's performance hmm. okay but that's uh yeah give it give it a try and as, as a plug so i'm actually i've been working on a lead tape exp- uh, project like like a product to bring to market and uh, i just made my first order for it and so i'm, I'm really excited about it it's uh it's it's tungsten tape instead of lead tape so mm-hmm. lead tape uh isn't the best you know, for your health, like if you're messing with it and touching it, and then you go eat a sandwich, like it could be potentially bad for you. And if you have kids in the house and you yeah. use lead tape, like if they get a hold on hold of it and put it in their mouth or something, like it's not good. So ten tungsten tape is like a, a better alternative, uh, you know, like kind of health health wise. And I was able to find a manufacturer that can make it in a roll for me. It's going to be one gram per inch, and I'm really really excited about it. It looks really cool. It's very sexy. It's like this kind of dark charcoal color it's more flexible it fits to the powder really well lead tape's kind of stiff so there's a lot of really cool things about this tungsten tungsten tape but it is more expensive and so i'm nervous about that it's like i think you can get a roll of lead tape from a manufacturer for like you know two three bucks okay this is costing me a, a a lot more than that and so i'm gonna have to charge more for it so i'm nervous if people are gonna be willing to pay but uh i think the stuff's awesome we're gonna bring it to market and see how it does, but that'll hoping hoping two two or so months might uh, might be able to have that ready to purchase. But really, really excited about that project. That's fun, yeah. And I like the tungsten tape idea. My wife won't let me have my paddles anywhere near my son. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So like Selkirk has tungsten tape, but like it's so light, and, and like yeah, it was like point five grams. Yeah, you have to like put strip. ten strips on there for it to do anything. And so this is actually meaningful weight. That's still tungsten. I'm actually That's very cool. surprised no one else has done it. There might be somebody working on it now. I don't know. I'm like anxious to bring it to market. It's like, oh, I gotta, gotta get this out there before somebody else does. But uh, really pumped about that. 
and then uh, so sticking with our paddle babble topics. So Ben Johns wins his hundredth career PPA gold medal. Yeah. He was uh, as part of the, like a ceremony, and they're talking to him afterwards. They hand him like a platinum Yola paddle, and it was, they made like this huge deal out of it. And and then Yola did this dropped a limited release special edition paddle uh, celebrating Ben John's hundredth gold medal. So they're charging a thousand dollars for this like set. It's a, it's a Ben John's Perseus 16 millimeter. It has like a gold rim around it. It's coming in a fancy case. It's got a picture of Ben and all the paddles and his signature or something. Thousand dollars. They're only uh, selling a hundred of them. Yeah. Like what? What do you think of that? Like, what, if you had a thousand dollars laying around, would you buy one? Do you think it's going to be worth more twenty years from now when Ben retires? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not buying it. But what a real flex! If you don't even like put it on a shelf and you bring it to the court, <laughs> <laughs> you you actually play with it instead of you like just, yeah, you just play with it and then you find out it's just like really crappy paint and it just starts chipping on you as you play. Um, that would be good. That'd be I really funny. But if you buy it, please don't play with it. It would, it, would, it would hurt. Yeah. I mean, if this was two years ago, they would have an NFT attached to it and everybody would be buying it up because it would be a big deal. So, I mean, maybe it's a collector's item. And I think somebody who's really into pickleball and is retired and has extra income, why not? Literally put it behind you as a piece of artwork for a while and save the... It comes with like a big old hefty case, right? So Yeah. It's like this massive like briefcase. looks like something you'd take to a drug deal. I might just like reply. I might put the paddle on my wall, but then use the case at the court. Yeah, there you go. Just roll up with the, the case. There's the flex. <laughs> yeah, I don't need a big fancy bag. I got this case, man. Like, yeah. So what if I told you I actually bought one? Uh, well then I might ask you to like send me the paddle. Let me hit with it a couple times, and then uh, I'll let you know what I think. It'll be a really so, good review. So I did it, dude. I bought one. I was like, I have a thousand bucks in my pickleball effect bank account. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just. Gonna do <laughs> Are it. you gonna do a video on it? No, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna hit that thing. I'll uh, I'll just hang on to it. No, I'm gonna, I'll sell it to you ten years from now for for twenty grand. Thank you. <laughs> but but really, I don't want to give away that that I know you haven't mentioned. I'm this is the first time I'm hearing this, but I think you should create a replica of the thousand dollar paddle and then make a video telling people you played it. That I hit it. But it's not that one. It's another one. You spray paint like it gold. Spray and... it. Like, yeah, like from a video, you know, if you're 20 feet away, you can't tell. Exactly. That would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just got my $1,000 paddle in the mail. Let's go play. <laughs> I just lost my first game with it. Huck it. <laughs> yeah. You just like throw it, throw it in the trash can at the end of the, at the, end of the video. is isn't good. And then uh, last piece here is Annalie announced her own personal brand. So she dropped her logo on her Instagram and said she has a signature paddle coming with Paddle Tech in a couple of months. I thought the logo looked sweet. Has like, you know, her initials, a cool little crown on top. You know, she deserves it. She's she's won enough triple crown. She can have a crown sure. in her logo. And uh, she's got finally her own signature paddle. Like, why don't they have one yet? But it's it's coming now. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I mean, I'm so... Tyson is the only other one that I really feel like has a noticeable brand because he wears, he puts it on his big water bottle and he's, I mean, right. it's just like that TM. It's really cool. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I actually think it's pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, I know Ben Johns has his own signature paddle, but there's not a lot of other brands that I feel like really stick out to me as far as personal brands. Yeah. I know. Uh, so like Jay, 
Debillier tried making one. I don't know if he still wears his JD thing, but he he made one. You know, he's doing uh, a good job with it. I think I, I, it's been popping up more and more recently. Is um, is Dylan? Yeah, have Dylan you seen Frazier's Dylan Frazier's thing? It's like it almost yeah. looks like the TikTok logo or something. It, <laughs> um, I actually can't think of what it looks like, but I know he made one. It, his mom has been wearing it in the stands too. It's like it says like DF. Maybe it's got a T for his initial, like his middle initial or something. But um, no, I mean, I think it's cool that these guys are coming out and creating personal brands. Annalise logo was cool, but I was surprised that it wasn't more like feminine um, from a marketing standpoint. Yeah, like I don't sharp angles. Yeah. I mean, it, lo- it looked a little masculine. I'm just curious, like, are there I'm a bunch of yeah. young girls that want to be like her that are going to rock that? I don't know. Maybe they will. We'll see. Yeah. That's could be. I'll let you know when my, as my girl grows up, if she wants to wear it. Yeah. yeah I'm really curious, like who they, that's a good, who they, that's your a good marketing mind take. I didn't, I didn't consider that, but now you say it, it's like, yeah, it kind of does have that feel a little bit, but, uh, either way still looks sweet. Maybe they'll hire me to do, but maybe I think it looks sweet cause I'm a male. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like you may like it cause you're, yeah, you're, you're male. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I, I like to see more people come out with it with, with brands. Yeah. I, I, I know there's got to be more, but those are the ones. Those are the ones that are winning, apparently, because the only ones I can think of that we can think of. I mean, if Tyson, if Tyson watches this, uh, I want one of those hats. He yeah, charges us, like forty dollars for it, though. I just bro, don't want to pay us for a hat. It. Tyson, yeah. Logan will wear it. I wear a hat every episode. It's just a sponsored area. Come on, put it up <laughs> on the hat. <laughs> Let's go. All right, moving to our last section: Average Joe's talking pros. So we're in Cincy this weekend. Give us the highlights. Ooh, man. I mean, I feel like it was a lot of the same, but I think that the one thing that sticks out today was um, was Fed beating Ben Johns in singles, which is a big deal. Yes. Uh, really big, he, really big matchup. He's beaten Ben there. before, so this isn't a first. Back in April. But it's no, been a while. February, something. It was early in the year, um, and he, he did beat him early in the year, but... I just I think it's it's fun to have someone different win there and he he deserves yeah. it. He's been and and on on a finals day when you know Ben is supposedly you know most honed in rather than like early in a round where he's you know lost in the past. Yeah. When he's not quite as engaged. And so this he knocked down on his on his big 100 gold day. <laughs> yeah, at that point I just wonder if he was if he was over it or not, but um if he was a little tired, but at the same time, I don't want to take away the win. So huge, huge deal there, which is great. Um, yeah, of course Fed, he Fed's, won. Fed is so fun to watch, dude. Like I love his, yeah. his like kind of drive and crash. He, he really, he's one of, he's one of the best at finding like a, a tough third or a good drive, following it up and like finishing, you know, whatever's in the mid court. It's really fun to watch. Very entertaining. You know what else he's great at, which I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't gamble in South Carolina, but. I would love to do like a, you ever, you ever do prop bets for fun? Like, you know what a prop bet is? No, I, I don't. All right. So a prop bet is like funny and goofy stuff. Like we'll do it during the Super Bowl with my friends where you have to guess the over under on that, on the minutes of how long the national anthem will be over okay. under two minutes. Right. It's like a funny bet, but I, I think it'd be a funny one. If uh, you ever heard Dave Fleming say cat and mouse, like how he yeah. says the cat, if you had like the over under on on how many times cat and mouse would be said by Dave Fleming, um, it's got to be like thirty five. I think I think uh, memes of pickleball did some 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 prop bet type stuff when they yeah, gambling yeah. was first announced. Like how how many times is Dave Fleming going to make a sexual innu- innuendo comment or something? 
<laughs> but Fed's good at the cat and mouse game. That's what I was trying to say. I, all that to say that he's good. I like seeing him at the net. It's really wild when they like, there's just that to me is where in singles specifically, if you go out and play singles on your own and then you watch these pros, some of the balls they get back is just Dude, insane. Singles to me is m- more entertaining than doubles when you have the best players in the world playing. So when you have, you know, Annalie against, you know, Catherine Prento, when you have Ben against Fed, like those matchups are so fun to watch. And I, I think are more entertaining than, than doubles, but you just don't get many of those matchups. It's not until like the semis and the finals where you get those matchups. A lot of the earlier rounds just aren't as fun to watch, but when you get those studs on the court, I think it's the most entertaining pickleball. I mean, yeah, and even, I'll tell you, the best match I've seen all year is that match. It was actually an APP match. It was that singles one where, what's this kid's name? I'm sorry. I'm blanking on it. He plays the Adidas paddle. He's young. Uh, Sobek? Yes. And did you, did you see this one where he beat the guy that was like, he had never even got to the championship before. He's a former tennis player, but he was down. Like, he was in a, it was a, you know how they they play if you come through the back draw you have to play to 15 at the end right right he was down like 12 to 3 or something insane and then ended up Jeez. winning and oh, cool. but it was a singles match and i feel like some of these singles matches just become epic showdowns like Le- leia and, and anna lee that was an epic one yeah exits some, or whatever it's just it's great some legendary ones there yeah yeah, I I agree. There, it's really fun to watch, and you know, potentially down the road, as as more and more talent comes in, like maybe singles starts to overtake some of the ground of doubles popularity as far as viewership goes. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll be interesting because singles tennis is by and large much more watched than than doubles tennis. U.S. Open yeah. was this weekend, by the way. I was I was watching it before we jumped on to this. I watched the second set of the Medvedev. Djokovic match and Djokovic won it in the uh, in the tie break. So he was up two sets this year. I imagine he finishes him off. Probably so. I mean, yeah, this, for the U.S. Open, this could have been the tale of the youngsters who were going to like take over. It's like basically next gen, but didn't happen. Yeah, Shelton. And it, should, it should have been like Shelton and Alcaraz. That could have been like, the... yeah, like now now the youngsters are coming up. But right, I mean, Medvedev's kind of young, but. He's definitely not as seasoned as, as Djokovic, but he's been in the he's been in the tour for a while now. So yeah, yeah, I did watch the the Shelton semifinal. Yeah, he you know he put up a good fight in the third the third set. He just just doesn't have the consistency. It's just not quite there yet, but still fun. Yeah, absolutely. So some other stuff from this weekend. Uh, so it was in the men's final. It was Dylan and J Dub against uh, the Johns. The Johns came out on top. It doesn't seem like. Dylan and J Dub have the game to beat them, in my opinion. It seems like the people who put the most pressure on the Johns are like the the Tellez and Statues who just come out firing, just you know, shoot everything, play fast. Where Dylan and J Dub they like playing a little slower, which just kind of feeds into the John style. And so, as good as J Dub and Dylan are, I just don't feel like the way they play is set up to to beat the Johns. And so, I don't know if they'll ever overtake them uh in my opinion what do you think no i don't think so either i I was thinking today like because we 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 had this conversation in a podcast early on about like is it too boring with ben johns and winning all the time and i thought about it more today because again he won twice and i was like gosh same old story but 
maybe now with people getting contracts, maybe as players can train more, like I know Dylan and I think D- Dylan and J-Dub are already training full-time. So maybe they're just not the partner duo to do it. Yeah. But there's also some rumors going around that JW is likely going, I mean, maybe it's applicable. They're going to like uh, split ways, but I think that he wants to play with Gabe in the future. I think they practice a lot together and they have fun together. So, you know, maybe we'll see Dylan branch off and go with someone else too, that now that JW and Dylan are split, is there a chance? And if they're all training full-time pickleball because their, their finances allow it, could they, could someone come up and really challenge the Johns? Yeah, that's would be the only way, right? That I think something could happen is that scenario. Yeah. I mean, we'll see, we'll see. But I mean, yeah, Riley, you know, this weekend, that's the other little storyline is I think we're all kind of watching to see how Riley shakes out after he decided to to ditch Matt. And the, I don't know if you picked up on this, but I don't remember him even mentioning Thomas Wilson as a potential partner. No, he didn't. And so, then all of a sudden he signs up with Thomas Wilson. I actually like that matchup. I think Thomas brings a ton of firepower, which is part of the reason he's so good at mix is he just puts so much pressure on the other side, you can just hit the thing hundred miles an hour. And so like Thomas was in the, the mixed final yeah, today, but I, I like that matchup. I think there's a lot of you know upside with those two playing together, but they, they didn't pull it off. They didn't medal. Oh, actually I think they, did they lose in the semis? They like qualified for the third. And I think they withdrew and ignited, which and Tyson ended up taking third or something like that. I did, yeah, I know Tyson and James got third, but I wasn't sure about the withdrawal. Anyways, I I like them together. I think that match pairing makes more sense than than AJ Cole or you know maybe Julian could work. He's kind of the same way as Thomas. You know, plays fast. Yeah, but I mean, didn't didn't pull it out. Did did Matt Wright play? I swear I saw him with Lucy and mixed. So I'm not sure what happened in men's. I didn't see. I men's. didn't. I didn't look what he did. Usually. You know, he makes a good run with whoever, but regardless, Riley hasn't had near as much success since he's left uh, Matt. So could have been, could have been the wrong move. It doesn't seem like it's paying off for him yet. We'll see if he can find, find the right partner. We'll also see if he can be a leader in MLP. You know, can, I, I just keep hearing on Twitter that he is a player that people don't like to play with. And I'm not sure how truthful that is, or if that's just fans seeing whatever they see on TV, uh-huh. but that that could be a problem if if his teammates don't like him and he puts maybe unfair pressure on them. But I I'll be really interested to see like how MLP shakes out. Yeah, because he's yeah, got to be the best. He player hasn't done team. anything spectacular with MLP to date. So yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, um, we kind of we yeah you know, we already touched on like Ben Johns getting his hundredth gold. I think that is a really cool accomplishment right now. If if everything stays the way it's it is now where PPA and MLP split up next year. It's just going to get a bit egregious. I mean, he'll be at 150 at the end of next year or something stupid. So, yeah. um, really cool. I'm I just, gonna have, I'm going to have to buy the 200 paddle, 200 gold edition. Yeah. Next Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> When's Anna Lee getting at a hundred? She, she had another triple crown. I'm going to have to get her hundredth. I saw a crazy stat. What? Uh, I, I saw that they put up a stat. It was something like 18, mixed golds for uh for ben johns and eight were with no it's triple crowns 18 triple crowns for ben johns eight of them were with 
Anna Lee. So she's got to be getting up there. Yeah, she can't be far behind. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, in other news, so let me talk APP for a second. Um, I was like, you know, the, the classic winners that are all MLP coming up kind of made it through, you know, Andre and um, Rob won against Hunter and Yates. Um, but then my local guy got third, Jaden Broderick. Um, hey, got third this nice. weekend, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. I would love to see him. He's, he's in the next gen, but I'd love to see him like continue to, to break through. How old is he? Uh, he's going to be a senior in high school. So I don't know, 17. Oh, I didn't realize he was so young. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think his Thank parents want him to go to college. Uh, Ooh. but I mean, you see like Jack Monroe's doing that. He lives in Austin, but I think maybe you could use college as an advantage to get you to a city. It has a lot of good pros. Uh, you, you can do college and play at the same time. It's been done before. See yeah. the reason why you can't pull it off. Unless you get a fat deal from MLP or PPA and then yeah, maybe you can delay know. it. You got Colin Schick who just is uh, starting to improve and, and make a name for himself. But he's graduated or recently graduated with some sort of doctorate degree. I mean, I think he's in med school, like legitimately. I mean, med that could be like, a long, uh, long haul. That's probably a harder decision for him to like leave that for for pickleball. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And if you really have so a passion for it. being a doctor, then it's like even makes it even harder, right? And that's gonna, I mean, in the long run, right? Like you can be a doctor for, you know, twice, three. You know, your career there is a lot longer than as a pickleball player. Yeah. Although, wouldn't it be as fun? Wouldn't it be as fun. Wouldn't be as fun, right? We quality of life, Braden. Quality, quality of life. life. We these are these are decisions. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I kind of stick with other in other news, other leagues. Uh, so Major League Pickleball announced a deal they made with an Australian team tour. So what are the details there? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. So I actually chatted up. Remember, I t- I remember I told you last time that a. It's called the NPL National Pickleball League. Followed me on Instagram, so I had to dig into them, figure out what they were. Yeah. Um, so I I messaged them to ask them about this deal and what it kind of meant for the sport. And so he said mm-hmm. that Pacific Pickleball League is who MLP signed a deal with. They're announcing like maybe I think next weekend is their inaugural um, tournament that's still that's going to be branded MLP. But the guy from National Pickleball League told me that right now for context and size, there's about 20,000 players in Australia. So it's very, very small compared to what we have in the United States. So it's very new. He said the players are definitely nowhere near the level we have, but he thinks this is probably just like a really good step in the next direction of international expansion. Yeah. And start somewhere. Yeah. And like, you know, this guy admitted that he doesn't think that we'll see that Australia will see the massive adoption that the u.s did but you know he's seeing it take off really fast so that could be the next country where we have big players coming out of and it'd be really cool to see someone like you think about this ben johns thing like who knows if there is a ben johns of australia or europe yeah um that if they play enough and play high quality pickleball they could be they they surface yeah yeah i know it's it's definitely the right direction. You got to invest there. You want it to be a worldwide sport. If, if you know, money revenue wise, like for the league, you know, they're going to benefit from that massively. And yeah, it just the more, the more talent that you can find, you know, the better, right? There's, there's more people around the world than there are in the States. And so 
the uh yeah we'll see how the expansion happens outside the states i remember for a long time padel was like a big conversation point where it was like the fastest growing sport worldwide while pickleball is the fastest growing sport in the states mm. but it's been a while since i've seen any conversation about that i wonder if it's cooled off or if it's i don't know i just haven't seen anything about padel in a bit have you well i i recently played pickleball with um a former head tennis pro at one of the clubs in town. I knew, I knew him cause I got my racket strung over there mm-hmm. and you know, he's, he's European, right? So he was telling me about Padel and he just mentioned that it's extremely popular in like Spain and I think maybe in South America, but, and I, I imagine it is growing. The hard part he said is like, they put a club in Miami and there was another club he mentioned and he's just like, it's, it's expensive to build. It's very affluent people that are playing oh, it because really? Yeah. So like you, you kind of have to install it at a place where there are like, like folks from those countries that are willing to go in and kind of help others who are new to the sport adopt it and learn it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's nowhere near as easy to pick up and like accessible. So kind of, yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Like it looks fun. I actually really want to try it. It looks a lot of fun, but to your point, right? Like pickleball grows, is growing so fast, at least in the States for Part of the reason people uh, you know like it is for the accessibility. Why can't I say it? <laughs> Part of the people the reason like it because it's easy to play, right? And so that's just something that's unique to pickleball. And you know, golf doesn't have that, tennis doesn't have that, and Padel you know may not have that either. So yeah, that's that, that's going to hurt growth as far as like scaling it. But it does look fun. I do want to try it one of these days. Yeah, I like to try it too. Like I'm sure everyone now knows that I'm a big F1 fan, but the F1 players every now and then we'll have like posts on Instagram of them playing it together. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. But you know, who has more money than them? Right. So they just, they yeah. go play when they can for fun, but at somebody's club and you know, they drive their Ferraris, uh, off into the coast, into the sunset right afterwards. <laughs> but I think also you gotta be careful about, um, I'll tell you one thing that's interesting is like the growth rate numbers they get thrown around. It'd be really careful about those and taking too much stock in them because when it's really low numbers, the growth rate can look extreme when it's still not a massive right. impact. It's like a startup company, right? Like, oh, we doubled our revenue four years in a row. Well, yeah, you aren't making very much. The first yeah, yeah, right. So like, I'm at a million dollars now, right? So I doubled it from 20 to right. 40, 40 to 80. It was like, it sounds great, but it's still small numbers. So pickleball is at a point where we need to be talking about like retention of the sport. If, if 40 million played it, are we getting... 40 million people to come back. And then is yeah. that growing with new players, 20 million new players the next year or something? Yeah. But based on my local courts, man, it's been insane. Dude. Same and we're here. all talking about like how we see, like we don't recognize anyone anymore. Yeah. So, I know I'm the same way, dude. Like I, I don't play open play very often. Like it's always, you know, like 95% of the time it's organized. But in the last couple of weeks, uh, I did some open play stuff and I I set up some games, you know, during like prime hours that I don't normally set up games for. And I could not believe how packed the local courts were. Like it was mm-hmm. just blew my mind. I, I go to this place in Boise called Hobble Creek. I went early in the morning on a Saturday and just paddle lines out the wazoo. Like you had to wait 45 minutes for a game. And wow. even with my local courts, so I have, you know, 20, 30 minutes outside of Boise and there's some courts close to my house. I went there, uh, to do some open play with my dad because he was in town over Labor Day weekend. Same thing, dude. It was like we waited, I think, f- a little over 50 minutes to get our first game. And it just, I was just like, it just blew my mind. I was like, I don't know any of these people. They're all using 
terrible paddles. They can't be that great. It's, or, or, sorry. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> Losers. They, they, they can't uh, have been playing very long. And there's just uh, just tons of new people to flooding. I actually got this confrontation a little bit with this group. So this is what I was playing with my dad over Labor Day weekend. And there's there's like there's six courts. Four of them were like doing the paddle thing. And like people are waiting a long time to get in to play games. And there's this court where there's two people that were obviously new and two people were kind of teaching them. And they'd been there oh, like the whole time I'd been there and they weren't swapping out. And so I went and talked to them and I was like, I understand you're new. I would, but you got to realize that there's tons of people waiting. It's just fair to to swap it out and, you know, keep things moving. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, you can't get the time you want to learn the game. You'll have to just come back at a time where it's uh, not as you know, less people are here, less busy, you know, whether it's the afternoon or evening or something. And, and they didn't like that. They, they didn't come off the court. They talked to me for a second and then just ignored me while I kept talking and just That's kept great. playing. So I was like, okay, but that, uh, that, that made me a little grumpy. I was, just didn't think it was fair for everyone there to have to let them just have a court while everyone else is waiting just because they're new. Like that didn't make sense to me, but that was just, uh, that was just my take, but it is tough. You know, if you're new and you want to get games and you're going during those prime hours, like it's, it's hard to get, uh, it's hard to get some courts and, and learn how to play. Yeah. And speaking of confrontations, I witnessed my first one this morning. Um, we went out there early and it had rained last night. So we are, but a bunch of people had already dried off some courts and we were working on drying off others and it got, it started to get a little busier. Right. So people were, were stacking on the rack and all of a sudden like this court in the corner, you hear them saying like, Oh, we're not, we're not going to leave this court because we, we, we cleaned it up and we dried it off and they didn't want to, oh, it was wet. Yeah, okay. This, this was like, funny. I can see where they're coming from. Right. Like they, yeah. they dried it off. What happened? <laughs> so there were three courts open. However, they were really wet, like puddles on them. And so they were like, listen, there's three courts. They can go dry those off and work on them or whatever. We kind of worked hard on this court. Yeah. And the next court over was just like, dude, we all did the same thing. Like, it's just nice to like, they said something along the lines of it's, you know, it's nice to just come off the court and and follow follow the flow. They're like, screw that. Like, you know, we, we asked whoever, whoever, and they said, if you put in the work, you stay on the court. And, and then this, I mean, this woman just as loud as you can be, was like, I mean, was, curse words were thrown and there, and <laughs> the people staying on the court. Uh-huh. And they're like, <laughs> I wasn't that bad. I was tame then. Oh man. She like let her rip. And I was like, I turned my head. I was like, oh shoot, dude. I've never, I've watch like, Ooh. yeah, I'm like, eh. yeah. And they were starting anyway, back I thought away. it was fine. Back away. Yeah. I don't know how yep. I feel about it. I feel like it's a little too political if I give my thoughts on it because on one side it can be a little too liberal to say like oh share with everyone and then on the other side it's like well i did put in the work you know yeah. but i mean if what? there are three courts available that haven't dried off i think it's fair to say that go dry those off first yeah and once they're all full then start rotating then start moving yeah that that's that's my first first thought there so i'm kind of on on their side a little bit yeah, I was fine with it too. It just it was funny <laughs> to witness that because I've not witnessed confrontations at our court very often at all, maybe. So, yeah. When you have so many people in one place, it's bound to happen. Yeah, you're telling me lots of personalities, lots of personalities. Well, there you have it. Thanks for joining everyone. Uh, appreciate you following along and, and listening in. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>